0: Pookie Tuesday. All day long I've been seeing that guy's weird face... and hearing those fingernails. Fingernails? Amazing you saying that. That made me remember the dream I had last night. What'd you dream? I dreamed about a guy in a dirty red and green sweater.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson.
2: I'm Monica Height.
0: And I'm Chelsea Duff.
1: And this week, we are talking about... One of the big bads of the horror genre, the nightmare himself, a nightmare not before Christmas, a nightmare on Elm Street, (laughs) 1984.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I said on our last episode, when we were introducing this movie, um, that I had seen it all by cultural osmosis. That, as it turns out, was um a lie. Because at no point did I know what was going to happen in this movie. Uh, the, and I, honestly, I didn't even like recognize Johnny Depp as Johnny Depp until like halfway in, even though you guys had told me that Johnny Depp was in this movie. Um, and I didn't I didn't know who the main character was, you know I thought our entry point character was our main character I just, every turn was totally fresh for me I just knew who Freddy was, I guess And that there was a bathtub scene um, But if I it loved it, I f- thought it was great Oh
2: good, I'm so glad If it makes you feel any better Adam, my boyfriend has watched this movie two times all the way through now And Only after, like two days after the second viewing, when I was talking about Johnny Depp's character being pointless, which I will get into later, he was like, Johnny Depp's character. And I was like, Sir, you have watched this film twice. And even still, he had no idea that that was Johnny Depp i don't (laughs) Frankly,
0: if you guys hadn't told me i don't know that i would have put it together while i was watching the movie either it was just at one point that i was like wait a second but only because i knew that he was in the movie like if i didn't know i don't know that i would have made the connection and it's not because he doesn't like look like himself exactly but this is his first film role like he was such a baby in this movie
2: he's an infant he's truly an infant and also maybe you were thrown off by his like whisper of a unibrow that he has in this that is something that Mm. he did not continue and take with him into the 90s and later later films he was in um but I personally thought it was sexy even though Glenn is the most annoying person that I've seen recently Yes, fair enough. (laughs)
0: Um, I will just say I just looked at my notes, and just to give myself a little bit of credit, I did recognize that it was Johnny Depp during a Tina scene. So it was like you know, not not as far in the movie as I thought it was.
2: It could have been Tina's corpse that scene. <laughs> that's true
0: <laughs> but I'm looking I'm looking at my notes so and I know okay, which Tina okay. scene it was
2: <laughs> yeah well at least it didn't take you two viewings since you still didn't get it then so you know <laughs> like you're doing great you're doing great
0: thank you um,
2: but yeah I mean this this movie is got one of the big three right it's got Freddy Krueger and I love it so much because you when you watch one of the movies from the big three, at least for me, I like ha- there was all these expectations like I hadn't watched like any of the the classic horror movies because I was a little sissy baby and my parents did hate horror so much. So that was not on the table. I never I I remember my cousin Kiki she used to watch scary movies and I thought she was so cool she's like two years younger than me and she watched them all the time and then one time we watched a nightmare before Christmas together and I was so scared that I had to leave the room so like was not prepared not truly not prepared. And I'm sad that I missed out on that opportunity to see this as a child because as I was speaking with my therapist yesterday, she told me (laughs) that watching A Nightmare on Elm Street as a child, it's fucking terrifying.
0: Yes. That's what I was saying to you guys the other day. Um, I really, really enjoyed watching this movie, but I wasn't scared. But I think if I had watched it when I was a child or if I had been 28 in the 80s when this came out this I think would have been like one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen
1: it would have been so scary like the a lot of the stuff obviously doesn't hold up today mm-hmm. it's still a great time but if you've never seen something like this before it has yes. to be just like oh my god yeah terrifying I,
0: I feel like, totally the practical effects of it all some of them were extremely new at the time you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. some of them were like innovative at the time essentially um and and so you can't compare our effects now to the effects then because our effects now are completely different and you can make something look real in a way that you could only kind of approximate back then but it was like realer than it had ever looked in a movie before um and so I think like when when Freddie has his long gangly arms in the long beginning, arms. you know what I mean? It looks very silly to us now <laughs> because it is frankly silly, but also because it could only be achieved by like the actor holding fishing poles or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like not something you've got like great muscle control over. Whereas like digitally speaking, <laughs> you can take someone's actual arms doing the precise movements that they mean them to do and then just make them long. Um, but, but but nobody could ever make it look like Not never But maybe in the 80s It was like you'd never seen someone with long arms like this I don't no, know I'm just, <laughs> imagining, just, so I'm just
2: imagining like a, a child in the 80s being like No one's arms should be that long <laughs> <laughs> But also I would like to say That um, Annabelle creation When Annabelle gets tall Is <laughs> A clear <laughs> reference to this film. Yes, it is a clear, clear, clear reference. reference. To, and frankly, to like Freddy's long arm,
0: Tall Annabelle, best part of that movie. <laughs> so really? I mean, and that's
1: arguably high- long arm Freddy is one of the highlights of this movie. But it's right off never, the gate. <laughs> if you've never seen this movie, please go see it. You will have a great time. uh But. It is basically a monstrous spirit of a slain child murderer seeks revenge by invading <laughs> the dream of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. I and just... also, it takes place in Ohio, which I have. No, with. it doesn't.
0: I dispute this.
2: <laughs> so, I was watching this movie in my house in which I live. It's the house that I live in. I live in this house. And I was okay. watching the movie in the house that I live in in on the TV and the TV is inside of the house and I live in that house but I was looking at the TV and I was watching the movie and then on the TV my house was on the TV but I was in my house the house that I live in was on the TV and I was in the house and I was watching it on the TV. all that's to say is that my house is in this movie in like one of the <laughs> opening shots <laughs> You're and it, I was high when in I watched this, oh my god, yeah, I was like I was high when I watched this, and I was like for a second, I was like, if my house is in the movie and I'm in my house, am I in the movie, and is Freddie gonna come into my dreams tonight and He did not. So we're good. We're really, it was fine, but it was truly terrifying. Also, I found out that my house used to be a different color than it currently is. And the current color is better. So there you go. Educational experience. Wow.
0: (laughs) Anyway, what's the real takeaway there is, um, Freddie hasn't come into your dreams yet. Fuck. Yet yet because what I learned from this movie is that he is not necessarily an equal opportunity dream invader. Um, and I would like to discuss that further once we get further into, um, the movie and, and the plot instead of like skipping and hopping around Freddy's long arms. Um, but, (laughs) but he, he first starts with Tina. Um, Tina is our entry point character And if you've seen this movie, and you already know where this is going, um, and probably most people have because this is like such a classic. um, But I didn't. And so I will say if you haven't seen this movie, I totally recommend that you just engage with it fully with no knowledge because it was a blast. Um, So that was your moment to opt out if if you were going to. But now I'm going to gonna start talking about the plot, and so it will naturally reveal the plot.
2: Um, As I discuss the plot, it will also reveal the plot. <laughs> I Because
0: I'm not skipping to the end yet, but I'm talking about something that was a spoiler to me, which is um, I thought Tina was going to be our main character. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that Casey in Scream was – Tina essentially you know what I mean I didn't realize when I was watching this movie I didn't watch a trailer for it or anything um so I saw her as the entry point character I thought we were gonna stay with her and then when she was getting got I was like wait a second if she's does she really die here like that's it for Tina and we don't see her again and obviously we did see her again but not in a nice alive way in body bag. Um, <laughs> yes oh but I was so mad I because I had before I knew that Tina was supposed to be 15 and she's played by like a 23 year old. So it's still fine. Um, but before I knew that, I was like, Tina is so great. I love Tina. She's so wonderful. She's just chilling. She's got these sassy lines. Um, and I wrote Beautiful in my notes, nightgown. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, if Tina really dies this early, I will riot. And then one second later I was like, wait, <laughs> Tina's really dead and I have to live with this for the rest of this movie.
2: I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I'm curious because we know Wes Craven did both this and Scream. Did they do the same marketing ploy? Like, was the actress that played Tina way more famous than everybody else, and then they axed her? Like, is it the same? Was it the same gimmick completely, or 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 not? Probably. I don't that would be think a so. Because I don't know, but
1: I think they were all kind of like the same level i think they were all kind of like fresh-faced actors yeah
0: well i can tell you looking at the poster it shows a brunette but it's not clearly any of the characters yeah i don't like it's not clearly meant to be nancy in my opinion maybe it is um because i'm looking at another poster now and she has kind of curly bangs which nancy does have um but to me it wasn't yeah and then there's another there's another poster um that's not like a traditional movie poster but like promotional material that does feature tina so i'm not sure how this was advertised i didn't watch a trailer like i said um so i was just going based off of like what was in the movie i didn't realize we were pulling a psycho i didn't realize scream was gonna be in direct conversation with this film you know what i mean like obviously i know Wes Craven loves to be referential to his own work um and he mm-hmm. loves to have a lot of similar things that he carries through um I just didn't know that 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 was one of it for this movie and then it broke my heart a little bit when she was gone um not that I didn't love Nancy because I absolutely stand for Nancy so fucking hard after watching this movie <laughs> I think she is incredible I think she's so smart I think um she had a hot boyfriend, even if he was not very good at doing anything she asked anything of him. At all. Um, not one <laughs> single thing that she asked of him.
2: Um, he's good at wearing I, crop tops, and he's good at wearing sweater vests, and that's something. But it's not the crop much. tops, especially. Um, oh, yeah, oh, but yeah, I think.
0: So yes, I think. I think she was very. Um, smart and good on her feet but also good at coming up with a plan in advance i think like all around she was iconic that said i wanted more tina
2: i know she did look good in that body bag though
1: she did nancy for how smart she is is also very boring of a character i agree like i wasn't like i just I didn't have the same attachment to her as I do with other you know main girls. Yeah. She's so smart. She's so competent. Like she like she really thinks things through. But I, I can say that with the entire cast really. Like I mm.
2: I yeah I mean there are some characters that I I was a, attracted to physically but I did not like fall in love like that's my new best friend um for any of them I mean I feel like Tina had the most personality out of ever. I feel like Tina and Rod mm-hmm. were like the pe- personality hotspots and then you didn't really get that much from uh from Nancy I will say though that we should look into this but was the term getting lost in her eyes did that come from nancy's eyes because i swear to god i've never seen eyes that blue and that vibrant and that (laughs) insane and i was just like whoa (laughs) while i was watching it like absolutely dreamy very dreamy eyes 10 out of 10 great hair great that weird type of uh, curly hair that was in, in the 80s where you, I guess, tried to make it straight, but it was still really fluffy. I loved it. Beautiful.
1: The hair in this movie is so out of control. <laughs> like, in the best way, though.
2: Oh, yeah. Very, very gorgeous. But, okay. So, just to dive a little deeper into the actual death of Tina. I mean, we've got the long arms. We've discussed the long arms, which is absolutely mm-hmm. unhinged. Important. Another... Very, uh, wonderful part, um, is how he runs, um, where he throws his, his, uh, knife hand into the sky and shakes it above his head and kind of like, sachets almost, uh, it's (laughs) really an interesting way, Sachet away, Freddy. (laughs) Seriously. Um, and that's something that I want to say about Freddy in general, like, like with the big three, right? Like Michael, Jason, Freddy, Like, Michael, Jason, stoic, scary, tall, mask men. Freddy, absolute freak. Absolute (laughs) freak. Like, like he has fun with it. Like, I'm sure they all have fun with it because they're psychopaths and they love to kill. And that's, like, their whole thing. But, like, Freddy, you can see the joy on his face. And he does all these crazy dream gimmick things. Like, for example, immediately after the long arms where he's like, I think this is in the Tina part. I get a little confused with the dream sequences where he throws up his hand and he's like, hey, look at this. And he just starts cutting off his finger. Yes, that is
0: <laughs> I really like
2: that. Oh, that was Tina. OK, good, good, good. Um, Just absolutely unnecessary freak shit. And I love that for him. Good for him. I also like that it squirts out green goo. That's so cool, too. Good for him. That's exciting. He's got his whole thing down and he's having fun with it. And we love to see that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he brings um, an absolutely unparalleled amount of drama to to his kills. And and he loves some theatrics, you know what I mean? And I Mm -hmm. love that for him and I love it for us. But it is so funny sometimes where like i don't know i think tina said something like oh god and freddie was like this is god um, he just like absolutely cannot to his be... knife
2: hand yeah it's like he's
0: just he's just um absolutely wild and 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 crazy and is relishing in every single moment you know what i mean um he he brings so much joy to his his role you know not not just the actor but you can tell freddie really is um here for a good time and i think that's a lot of fun and i don't know if i support him necessarily um because again there are a lot of characters in here that i'm rooting for and i don't know that i want them to get got but i love a creative
2: kill and he brings it oh he really brings it
1: so do you want to know who else is fucking dramatic in this movie? Rod and Tina, when they are fucking. Oh, my <laughs> Because God. I'm sorry. And
0: they sound like they're really good at it for being 15 years old, which I don't think is right or fair or appropriate for me to be a part of, frankly. I f- I feel or like they sound
1: not like, good like good they're really bad at it.
0: <laughs>
2: they're like, they're just like, what, sex exaggerating. is bad? Ah, ah, You're
0: supposed ah, to be moaning. Ah, I've heard right. about it porn you guys and I know that you're supposed to moan and it's just like Tina I'm babe. like
1: they're not even moaning they're like screaming
2: at each yeah. other it was scary it was, like, I just... it was like bobcats when two bobcats meet and they fight look this up look a bobcat fight it sounds the exact same literally it does it's like a human scream what That's was what really upsetting right? to me, <laughs> that that aside um <laughs> what was really upsetting for me about
0: that scene is also that like the rod tina dynamic previously had been not clear to me like when we first see rod he shows up and i i guess what i am putting together in hindsight is that they are legit a couple but they had had some Mm -hmm. fight or maybe they had broken up and then they like get back together but i don't think that that intention really made it into the beginning of the movie i thought he was just like some random perv essentially you know what i mean and then it doesn't help that that maybe this is my own like 80s movie bias or whatever he's wearing a leather jacket I was like oh he's a bully um
2: <laughs> he's <just> sexy Chelsea <laughs> I mean I'm not saying can he's a sexy bully
0: I'm just saying he showed up and he was like I had a hard-on for you this morning and I was like ew this guy is a perv he's just there to be like a predator but then he kept showing up and I was like no it's getting worse but then Tina started being giggly and I was like Wait, does Tina Uh-oh. actually like him? Or is this just like weird 80s? They haven't unpacked this yet. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't tell. I was like, does she like him? And that's why she is laughing, or is this like a twenty twenty one style? you laugh because you're uncomfortable and I'm, yeah, because you don't know how else to react, and, and that's why she's like, "Don't leave me here alone with him." Like I was yeah. ready to believe her that she was being serious, and then all of a sudden they were fucking in her mom's bed, and I was like, "Wait, what was <laughs> going on here?
1: I also forgot. That they like Tina and Nancy are supposed to be fifteen, mm-hmm. and so horrible. Uh, I like I was just <laughs> I like mean. you know like they're seniors or something uh-huh. like they're seventeen or eighteen, and then I was like, oh god, I forgot they were like freshmen. Like they're, they're just like, babies. <laughs> no, they're tiny
0: babies. It just makes it, just, it worse. Yes, I think um when you have a high school property like this. If it's a TV show, they usually leave their ages and grades ambiguous. And then, you know, in like season two or something, they'll be like, they're 15 so that we can stay in high school for four more years. Um, But when it's a movie like this, I mean, I guess they left it open for a sequel at the end on purpose, but also considering where all of the characters stand at the end of this movie, that they're not necessarily going to be the same characters that we return to in a sequel. Can we please just make them... Not fifteen, you know what I mean? Especially if we're gonna get such a horny sex scene with them. Oh my god, the
1: sex scene was so outrageously horny, it was and so it's outrageous. even funny too because Glenn—I forgot his name for a while. He's that useless. Um, <laughs> <in this movie. laughs> uh, before we get this like outrageous sex scene. He was definitely wanting to hook up with Nancy and they, you know, Nancy was staying over with Tina because her mom was out of town and she was having these bad dreams. And he just hears them fucking and he just says, Morality
2: sucks. <laughs> great line. A wonderful A great line. <laughs> Maybe his only good line. The whole movie. No, he's
1: got one other line that we'll talk okay, about later. Okay, okay, That's okay, okay. Amazing. <laughs>
2: but okay so
1: i
0: just felt like tina transformed into a whole different character before our eyes in that moment and and i didn't get it um and then all of a sudden she's being like jungle man fix jane after they did sex and i was just like i don't quite understand the dynamic here but i am suspending all disbelief fine they're in love or she's maybe just maybe she's just horny maybe she's just horny and you know what she should be allowed to be other than the fact that she's 15 she should be allowed to just shamelessly 15 year olds are horny i am not going to come on here and are be like very horny yes <laughs> but i don't want to be promoting 15 year olds having sex with sexual perverts Um, which Rod is no matter what you know what I mean he's you I whatever I mean I guess Jeffy,
2: the
1: dynamics has okay. good, doesn't make him a sexual pervert yeah, he just, <laughs> just just he
2: jacket, he's just a bad boy he could also be a 15 year old bad boy with beautiful hair sure. beautiful eyes beautiful eyelashes a sexy earring I like, know what more could you want except I... for maybe boundaries i think boundaries yes, actually is absolutely. the thing that we could want not I know that arriving at the olds, home unannounced
0: 15 year olds have had sex and do have sex and will continue to have sex probably i didn't at the age of 15 maybe that's why it's particularly horrifying to me i didn't even kiss anybody until <laughs> i was 16 um i just you know i i'm sexual liberation or whatever but also tina is baby
2: Okay,
1: Tina is baby. Is Well, insane.
2: she's baby. Then she is no longer baby, and then she's fucking dead. Right after <laughs> yes, that, that experience, it,
1: it's also like the classic horror trope in movies: like you have sex, you die. Yeah. So that's like truly. It's like solidifying this horror trope. Yeah. For an entire genre.
2: A hundred percent. And also, I have to say that say what you want about Rod and whatever. I don't know I don't find him to be a sexual pervert but whatever um my viewing is so unbelievably
0: colored by the fact that his first line was hey I have a boner for you yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. but he gives (laughs) off fucking we we were talking about this before he gives off like stew from scream energies in in that moment where he says something inappropriate he's a high school boy that's not an excuse but it is part of the the game Yeah, if I
0: had known that was her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend when he walked up saying I had a hard-on for you this morning, I would have viewed that line entirely differently. The Mm -hmm. setup for that for me was just not there and it made me like very not chill with him. Um, And and until we got to the jungle man fix Jane line and then I was like, whatever, I guess she likes him and I'm happy for her. Like, I I want Tina to get whatever she wants.
2: I related to that too because I also have a Tarzan thing. Um. Yeah, I'm like really into Tarzan. I feel also of all the like Disney princess adjacent women, I relate to her the most too. So I was like, yeah, Tarzan. Okay. Well, <laughs> but anyway,
1: anyway need you to repeat this line to Adam at some. Oh point. yeah.
2: He used to have long hair, like- not anymore. It's very unfortunate. But anyway, moving on from that. Regardless of what you think about Rod, no one deserves to have their bleeding girlfriend's body whack them in the face and almost knock them out. <laughs> like that. That is true. That is that true. Was I had sympathy a after Jungle moment. Man fixed
0: Jane. I had sympathy for Rod.
2: Good, cuz I like She's just spinning around in the sky. He's like, what the fuck? And then she <laughs> hits him in the face. Oh, poor guy. He just really... Oh, why he's in his tidy whiteies. Oh, he's in his tidy whities And she just gets ripped apart, and it's absolutely terrible.
1: <laughs> One of the best shots in this whole movie is when Tina in the dream world is being attacked by Freddy. Mm-hmm. And we see... Like, we see Rod, and he's laying in the bed, but then we see Freddie and Tina, like, under the covers of this same bed, and then Rod rips the covers off, and it's just Tina, and then she gets slashed open.
0: I mean, let's not gloss over the part where she was, like, writhing on the ceiling, and they filmed it by, like, literally rotating the whole set upside down. You know what I mean? So amazing.
1: There's so much fake blood in this movie, and- it, finally it truly did Comes something for, for me guys mm-hmm. i was like yeah baby like this is what i want
2: also something that can't go without mentioning is the the not curved but slanted ceiling like while all this shit's going on with tina nancy's asleep in the adjoining room and there's like a slanted ceiling and at one point like Freddie tries to come down to get her like through the wall and the wall is like stretchy and his like, you can see his claw like coming through the wall. And I absolutely loved that, that scene. I think that was really creative. And also another conjuring steel that I think is a clear reference to this movie. I don't know if y'all have seen the trailer for the new conjuring movie coming out. Um, I watched it because I, I watch every horror trailer that comes out and, uh, there's a part with a child laying on a waterbed and hands come up like through the, the stretchy material of the waterbed. A clear reference to that scene. Oh, a clear reference. A clear reference. It's very clear. But shockingly, there are other kills and things that happen in this film than this first part. <laughs> so I guess we have to move on to those. <laughs> but I will say though, this
1: is Tina's death is the best death in this whole movie
2: definitely
0: i i don't think glenn's role in glenn's death is particularly iconic but i think the geyser of blood from glenn's death scene can is incomparable and 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 i don't want to i want to give that all the shine that it deserves because it is truly next level imdb said something like 500 gallons of fake blood were used In this movie they had to have used 400 Gallons of it in that scene alone
2: you know What I mean Seriously. It was truly a geyser it was beautiful I just feel like with the the lead up And because that's the thing About Glenn's death I loved it but like Glenn it lacked depth yes. <laughs> Like because Like he's just asleep and then it He gets sucked into depth. the bed and he <laughs> So honestly Depth oh I heard that Sydney Good job <laughs> I'm proud of you," she said. It lacked depth.
0: it's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I still don't get it. Um, I do get it now, and it is great, and I and I commend you. Oh, but that aside, one thing that I um sort of referenced earlier, just like vaguely touched on, which which is that I just don't think Freddie like gave one fuck about Glenn in this movie. You know what I mean? Like he is not invested in the same characters that we are exactly. I mean, I feel like Glenn was only there because he was Nancy's boyfriend. Glenn didn't even seem to have any dreams or whatever any nightmares unless he had them because he he does get asked the question that he never responds to which is like did you have a scary dream mm-hmm. um but we know tina obviously had freddy dreams we know nancy obviously had freddy dreams rod says that he had a freddy dream we never hear that from glenn and freddy does not seem to give one fuck about him until like nancy explicitly is like you're next uh-oh glenn i'm gonna save you like it almost feels like that that death scene was only to get at nancy
2: so this is a big part of the movie so big spoiler but you should have left already i mean the the reason it seems that freddie is going after these kids is because the big reveal is is when what's what's her name nancy's mom's name marge marge reveals that Freddie was a little child murderer back in the day and uh, all of he got off like they caught him, but he got off somehow on a technicality. Yes, they say something
0: like somebody didn't sign the warrant in the right place.
2: So he was free to roam. And so all of the parents in the neighborhood teamed up to make a murder gang and and they hunted (laughs) Freddie down and they cornered him in a house and they burnt the house down and burned him alive. Um and to this day, Marge, our girl, keeps his claw hand in their basement. Um so she always remembers. And and then of course she's subsequently haunted by the fact that she committed murder and then she it they, they allude to the fact that she's an alcoholic, which was a super sad part of this. But yeah.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> One thing that I wanna know is how long ago did all these parents murder Freddie?
0: Okay, that's actually super interesting because the IMDb trivia, trivia, the IMDb trivia kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, it didn't make it into the final cut, so it's one of those things where it's like, if it was only the intention and it's not actually part of the movie, is it canon? Whatever, blah blah blah. But the original script before it got like trimmed down, um, or maybe they filmed this and then it got cut. I don't know, but there's supposed to be a scene of Marge basically breaking it down for Nancy that like Nancy's an only child Tina was an only child Glenn was an only child Rod was an only child but that was not always the case like their parents had had other children and those children were like some of Freddie's victims and that's why they were like we must take justice into our own hands and that's why they were so like yes I will watch this man burn to death you know what I mean that's why they oh my god yeah which is wild and insane and it makes sense because also the original like script for that scene or the original intention for that scene was was that freddie didn't die when they lit him on fire kind of like later in the movie when he doesn't he like still is running around the house on fire um but originally, the plan was that Freddie didn't die right away, and Marge shot him with a gun to make sure that he was dead. So that would yeah, also Marge. explain why, like, Marge specifically is is being pulled into this. You know what I mean? Other than, obviously, Marge is struggling with her demons, and also Marge is Nancy's mom, and also Marge well, is the one who kept, kept a seven souvenir with yeah. the glove.
1: Yeah, but it's like... But that's probably why he's going after Nancy. Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, fixating
2: over nancy seems like marge is the ring was the ringleader of the parent murder gang or at Um, least
0: the one who pulled the trigger in the original plan but that makes me wonder like were glenn's parents not part of that you know what i mean like had they did they not live there at the time did they glenn was their only child they just like weren't part of the whole vigilante justice and that's why he was like glenn who until glenn got like pulled (laughs) into it in a way that freddie was like not able to overlook or he or he realized he had an opportunity basically to like be torturing Nancy um but I have to wonder if they were just like not part of it and they also did not seem to be taking the whole everyone's getting murdered thing seriously you know what I mean they were just like Nancy's crazy yeah Glenn's parents were just like Nancy's crazy and keep her away from our son at no point were they like oh yes our son Glenn also essentially witnessed a murder um (laughs) Two murders, really, because Rod too. Um, although obviously everybody thinks that's a suicide, um, yeah,
1: I, and they think that Rod killed Tina.
0: Yes, and, and that so made there's me sad. Definitely less sympathy for Rod, uh-huh. who is a made me really sad. an
2: innocent, <laughs>
0: an innocent pervert. Um, he's not a pervert. Okay, well, speaking of perverts,
1: um, <laughs> in, in the in the movie Eddie is a child murderer, but he was supposed to be a child molester.
0: And murderer. I think it was going to be like a-, a... Double whammy.
1: But they cut the... They made it... And for whatever reason, I always thought he was a child molester. I because think he, maybe is in so <laughs> he, he is a pervert.
2: He gives off pervy vibes. Like, forget about Rod. Reddy; is so pervy. <laughs>
1: yes. But there was... um they changed it because there was a big case in California at the time they did it and they didn't want uh, everything to be kind of muddled with the Freddie being a child molester. So
2: they'd be like, child murder. Let's go with that. We'll just keep it at murder. That's way better. Um, still very bad. Um, so
0: dark. I
2: was gonna say- oh, something that I want to discuss and we're jumping around. But before but Rod- to the podcast welcome to the podcast welcome to spooky tuesday this is a weekly podcast where we jump around all the time and it it's doesn't a make a lot of sense
0: where we always stay on topic
2: stay on your toes okay this is making your mind nimble you're welcome forget <laughs> sudoku listen to our podcast and try to figure out what the fuck we're talking about that's your brain <laughs> teaser for the week but anyway <laughs> i really like the idea like there, there's one dream sequence where I think it's the one where Glenn is first supposed to be watching over Nancy and then he absolutely fucks <laughs> and falls asleep because he's a worthless piece of you trash swear. who's very sexy. He's a himbo in he is a true himbo. In essence. Can't do nothing but look cute for me. But anyway, um, Nancy is out and about and she goes to like spy on Rod or she somehow gets to the police station in her dreamscape. And she sees Freddie going after Rod, and sees him like starting to like do the thing where he uh,
0: ties the sheet into a noose.
2: Yeah, ties the sheet into a noose and hangs him, which was very, very sad. Um, Very Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, Oh,
1: stop (laughs) (laughs) bringing writers into this. No, sorry, they all remind me of sucking Freddy.
2: On oh God, Enough. dear Christ, dear Christ, dear Christ. But the, the reason I bring that up was not to get to that scary <laughs> reference, but was to say that I like the idea that when the, if you're asleep at the same time, I feel like you can like meet up in the dream world. Like if Rod, like I feel like yeah. Rod. And Nancy could have like met up and like done something. And so that makes me excited they don't really do anything with that in this movie, yes, but okay. I'm excited for subsequent films because there's so much shit that they can do. And I've only seen this Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's like 27 of them. That's not true, but there's close to that. <laughs>
1: <It> <laughs> and I want to see the next so. one. So there's this movie, there is six sequels, oh. a remake, a crossover with Jason. And mm-hmm. there was a TV series from
2: 1988 to 1990. That is an insane
1: wow. amount. I <laughs> watched watch some
2: of those.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the implications of the dream world are really interesting here. It's a little hard to, to parse sometimes. And I think that's part of the fun to be like, I'm not sure if we're watching reality or the dream world exactly. Um, and I think... You're right. It's it's super interesting that Nancy in her own way is like in Rod's dream or or Rod she's seeing the reality but like through her dream vision, but another yeah. thing that they did in that moment um, was when Nancy leaves her house, we find out later she's still asleep in her bed, essentially, but she's, like, walking over to the police station, but she turns around at one point and is like, Glenn, are you still watching? And Glenn just, like, pops out from behind a hedge, and he's like, I'm here! And so... Now oh, that the raises the question, that? like, had Glenn fallen asleep by that point already? And that's how he was able to do that? Or is Glenn...
2: Useless! He falls asleep no, yeah. minute one! That
0: That <laughs> is how it seems, based on, like, the implications of this with Rod. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But also, it's a dream, so it's 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 possible that it's just, like, Nancy reassuring herself with a projection of gun. I don't know. I'm not going to get too far into that um because that's a whole other possibility but I think it's really interesting the way that dreams function in this movie in a way that that really leans into the plot um and also contributes like a really interesting plot point and discussion to the end of the movie which I don't want to touch on just yet
2: yeah I just this is a brilliant concept for a movie because they can literally do Anything they fucking want with mm-hmm. it, with it in any of the sequels they can go anywhere because in your dreams you can go anywhere um and so these dreams that they were having were based on their physical location, but like I don't think that it has to necessarily be that um, and it
0: also it has a little bit of of magic to it because we learn from from Marge when she's telling the like freddy child murderer vigilante justice origin story um she says to them a bunch of us parents tracked him down after they let him out we found him in an old abandoned boiler room where he used to take his kids um so the boiler room that we keep seeing throughout the movie isn't really in the precinct at the jail it isn't really in the basement of the school it isn't really connected to nancy's basement at her house you know what i mean that's part of the the dream logic that i can kind of just pop up wherever it needs to be so they do play with that a little bit here
2: i also love how um they use like his iconic coloring like freddie has the the iconic freddie sweater right and Mm -hmm. they have him pop up in different places but looking like different things like for example uh the when nancy falls asleep in her class and let me just say that dream sequence is so brilliant because like there's that weird geeky kid who goes up to read in front of the entire class and she falls asleep while he's talking and he's like dream version of him it starts saying like stuff in really hushed tones and in a really weird voice and i thought that was a brilliant a brilliant ad and then also there's a hall monitor oh yeah
0: I wrote that line down. I think. I think this is the line, but it says something like, "Oh God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space, were it not that I have bad dreams, like absolutely oh, spooky vibes."
2: So spooky, and he said bad dreams. Like he says, it's so fucking weird, overacting. But we My love him. My notes hair. for him were God. He also has great hair. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what were men doing in the 80s where their hair, like, stood up so high? Is it a lot of hairspray? Are they, like, doing the upside-down hair dryer thing? Whatever it is, know, someone let me know bring, and I'll make Adam do it.
1: I think we should bring 80s crop tops and big, floofy hair
2: back, baby. Back. They are back. They're, they're back. back. They're coming ba- they're the back. They're not back
1: enough. Like, they're not mainstream
2: enough <laughs> I need to me. see every man wearing a crop every top. Man.
1: And short shorts and floofy hair, baby. Like, that's what I want. That's what I need. Not just I'm TikTok room.
0: boys. Boys in
1: real yeah. life.
2: I'm influencing Adam. Like quite a bit. 30 year old
1: men doing it. Like I don't want 20 year old men doing it. I need like 35 year old men doing
2: it. Well, Adam's 28, and he wears short shorts on the daily, which has been a really great pandemic change. But no crop tops yet. But his hair does have a rather floofy look to it these days. So I'm doing the work, ladies. I'm cutting his shirts. Oh my god! Yeah, so just bad. start cutting all of his shirts. Cut Even every shirt down. he has. Cut him. now you have to wear a crop top (laughs) oh yeah so another part of that dream sequence is uh there's a hall monitor and she's Mm -hmm. wearing the sweater and has the spooky hand and and i i love i love that too and then again at the end which i don't think we want to get to as well there's another like color pattern reference that lets you know that things right aren't as it seems But yeah, like I like that you can't tell if it's reality or a dreamscape a lot of the time, and there's just a little hint to let you know that something's amiss.
1: I I like own this movie, and Mm -hmm. I was watching some of the like, you know, behind the scenes thing, like of Wes Craven, like talking about it, and they were saying that they were having a hard time to find a studio that would make this film because a lot of people didn't think that people would get the dream space versus real life they think they thought that would be like too confusing for people to actually follow
2: mm.
1: and like sometimes it is especially with the ending but I think that's what makes it yeah scarier like you don't totally. know
2: where you are mm-hmm. I totally agree like that's like what makes it so good is that you have no idea at least for the first like minute of each sequence if it's a real thing or a fake thing um and even if, if like I say fake thing but the dreamscape is real enough to kill you so like it's real <laughs> yeah. <too.
0: laughs> yeah I mean I just think um Nancy's the first one who really starts to get it you know what I mean and even yeah. when there starts to be what should be undeniable proof that this is a real phenomenon that they're experiencing other people are not getting on board and as it turns out the reason marge is refusing to get on board is because of like her own trauma essentially you know what i mean um but nancy goes to this sleep disorder clinic where she's doing like a sleep study and they're observing her um and, and the doctor at one point, as as her levels are spiking, they've never been this high or whatever. Um, he's they're like, I don't know what's happening. Like Forty. <laughs> yes, we, the mom is like, is she dreaming? And the doctor's like, I don't know. Um... But but cut to Nancy and she wakes up having like pulled Freddie's hat out of the dream with her and now she has a white streak in her hair, iconic by the way. And iconic. she's got I have like a very so similar
2: funny. gray area in my hair in the same spot. And I'm like, wow. Now Wait, so maybe Freddie has cool. been in
0: your dreams already. <laughs>
2: anyway, he um... saw my house so he could come into my house. Yes. <laughs> in your house where you live my house um, where i live where my tv is where i watch the movie
0: in which there is the house that you live wow anyway um uh, but yeah i mean they they put nancy to bed in this room they know she did not go in with a hat under the covers with her they know there is conceivably nothing in there that could have created a wound on her arm or turned her hair white like there this should be the point in the movie that other people start being like oh shit what do we do um but nobody else is and and nancy my queen is out here like guess what i'm gonna read a book about booby traps um oh, <laughs> oh
2: forgot god about that part she I like, so maneuver, much. like macgyver inspector gadget shit going down also just really quickly what if she did go to sleep every night clutching a fedora though like, what if, like, that was her stuffed animal? You're like, oh, that's just her sleep fedora. Anyway, sorry, continue.
1: <laughs> but an issue that I have with this movie uh-huh. is it is obviously filmed in la like it is oh my god you're gonna go to the venice
0: canals you're gonna try and tell me this is ohio i don't think so Ohio.
2: you're gonna show my house and say that it's in ohio
0: (laughs) okay here's the thing this movie when they originally made it they planned for it to be set in los angeles and and they were very clear about that with the dialogue um and then i guess some of it got cut to leave it ambiguous so it had a more wide appeal a general appeal and then only later on were they like actually let's set it somewhere specific and instead of just letting us Californians have this one they were like no Ohio gets it why why Ohio that's not fair Um, but also this movie cannot be divorced from being a California movie, not just because it is so recognizably California with like palm trees and the Venice canals, but also like Ohio, to my knowledge, doesn't really have earthquakes and there's a whole line in the beginning, um where Tina is like, maybe this, you know, they say things get really weird before an earthquake. Like maybe that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's what these dreams are. Um, and I just feel like this is a California movie and I claim it and nobody can take it from me.
1: Okay. But even though this movie is clearly a Los Angeles movie and not a fucking Ohio movie. And you want to know how I, what solidifies that for me? Yes. Is that, Our girl, Nancy, who, by the way, this is week number two of us having a main girl with the last name Thompson, and I just want to point out that Thompson women are
0: superior. Final girl, iconic.
1: Final girl shit. But this is an L.A. movie because our girl, Nancy, keeps a second coffee pot under her bed, (laughs) and if
0: that's not the most L.A. thing, I don't know what is. Taking caffeine pills is L.A., actually, and Monica can attest.
2: I can attest. As a born and bred fucking valley girl, which is the most L.A. thing that you can be, I did have a brief caffeine pill addiction, but I've moved And you've talked it. about it before. I know. And I'll talk about it again, because it was a dark period in my life, and also it's when Sydney and I became BFFs, so it was a formative period. <laughs>
1: but Monica you were just emulating this movie and you I didn't just decided
2: even to take LA to the dome with a literal capsule of it, you know,
1: and it worked really <laughs> well. <laughs> but also there's like one point in the movie where Glenn asks Nancy, like, how long have you been awake? And she's like seven days, but the longest is 11. And I'm just like, Girl, Dang. you would not be this okay Baby, if you'd be you've
0: been fully awake. Yes, you'd be hallucinating for sure by this point.
2: 100%. Yes. Who's to say Boy, she isn't?
0: No way. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and she even says that she's like, maybe I am just crazy. I don't think so, but you can prove me wrong, Glenn. If only you fucking stay awake until midnight and then come meet me, so I can enact my brilliant plan that she's been studying her booby trap book for.
2: Pop a okay, fucking pill, Glenn. Do Glenn, the
0: LA's caffeine pills? How about you? Why not you?
1: God, but this is where we get Glenn's only second his second good line of the entire movie and he goes you're nutty as a fruitcake but I love you anyways and I'm like if a man doesn't come at me with that kind of energy I don't want him that's the bar that's the bar for me like you gotta know what you're getting into.
2: I mean, and that's big to say that also, to say that you love her, even though she's somewhat like fruitcake, because fruitcake is fucking disgusting. So,
1: fruitcake is very bad, and also lots of fruit in it. So, it's healthy. I meant to say nuts.
2: I was like, I don't know what you're going for there, but good. I like fruit. I can't speak for everybody <laughs> else. I'm, I'm a big
0: fruit I'm girl. Nuts.
1: <laughs> okay, but this, this like after they have their whole interaction, we get Glenn in his room, which I will say is a great teen room. It is
0: decorated. Yeah. Oh yeah, so cool. I thought all oh, yeah. the bedrooms were great in this movie.
2: It looks as yeah. though Glenn has a stuffed animal of a vulture as Uh well that was mentioned on the imdb trivia you saw right Right. and uh that's something that i like for him that gives him actually makes me like him a lot more that's a lot of character building in one stuffed animal why (laughs) did he go to camp does he love birds is he a birder in his free time finally i'm asking questions about him because i guess i care a little bit more now
1: (laughs) But this is also where we get his iconic sweatpant crop top look. Mm-hmm. And he is I love the fact that he is laying on his bed with his headphones on with a tiny tv he's like listening to
0: the radio i do feel on his headphones watching that, that scene it's like he is doing so many loud things at once maybe we should give him some credit for trying to stay
2: awake he's laying think, down though if you lay down yeah, I, as someone day. who was not narcoleptic and is now a functional narcoleptic, if I become even slightly reclined, (laughs) I've had one sip of a beer and it's all over. (laughs) If I become slightly reclined, it's game over. If it's past 9pm and I'm slightly reclined, it's over. Game over. He should have known. That's the first rule of staying up late. Also, I do want to say that this entire time that we've been recording, I've had the IMDb page up, and that's because the still of the trailer is the first thing on the screen, and it's him in the mm. crop top and the yes. sweatpants
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. with his little it's a happy look.
2: trail, and it's really inspiring.
1: <laughs> but so, one thing that I love, and if you kind of blink and you miss it, uh-huh. um... Nancy's always like, it's right before, because uh, Nancy was like, you have to meet me at midnight. You have to meet me at midnight. Like, come over at midnight. And it's right before Glenn gets got. And it uh, the radio that he's listening to says, it's midnight, and you're listening to station KRGR, and Ooh. we're about to go off air. And then that's when he, that's when right after that, Freddie's hands come up from the bed and they pull him in. And I work in radio. And so the call letters are Kruger, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I lost my shit as an absolute so radio nerd. Damn, I totally like, missed that. And it's like kind of like if you're not paying attention, yeah. it was like a quick little, and I... I lost my shit when that happened, but this is another reason I lost my shit was we get a blood fountain.
0: Yes. Blood Geyser I mentioned earlier. Beautiful, impeccable, spectacular.
2: Oh, Finally a so... blood geyser. We've been asking for it and asking for it. And actually it's existed Wait, so man and a blood geyser
1: <laughs> I, I have a question and I wanna know uh-huh. um was this glenn's dream was he like dreaming these kind of stuff and then it got him or do we not see like is the because it's not real life yet so obviously he's fallen asleep know what i mean like Like nancy hasn't pulled him
0: out of the dream world into the real world yet
1: yeah and so like when was like was Glenn dreaming that he was having that conversation with his mom earlier? Like, was that a dream? Like, I think was his conversation with Nancy a dream? Like that where it like blurs that line? Yeah, but, like, yeah. When yeah, yeah. did Glenn fall asleep? I think because we don't see Freddie go after Glenn he just comes up Mm -hmm. and gets him so it has to be a dream
0: or it's like Nancy's dream earlier when she watched Freddie get Rod you know what I mean like Nancy is asleep I think the reality is like we're seeing the reality but I also think we're like seeing it through Nancy's dream lens where you can see Freddie actually acting with Tina earlier and how Rod described it when he is talking to um when he's talking to Nancy when he's in jail is he couldn't see Freddie when he ripped the sheet off Tina he could just see the cuts appearing all at once so I think the fact that we can see Freddie is to say that we are seeing it through the lens of Nancy's dream Um, we're not seeing Nancy's like reality necessarily uh but why but don't you think, I think it's, it's
2: why don't glenn, you think it's his dream don't i don't think it's glenn's dream
0: because i think we would see it through glenn's perspective then glenn is asleep like the whole time
2: yeah but in the other scenes where it's uh but that's where it kind of like the, the way, way it's shot
0: but, come to glenn's dream before as far as we know
2: but in Tina's um, dreams, it's not like what's first-person video camera where you're like watching everything through Tina's eyes, you know. So it but could Tina's very awake. well be.
1: She's
0: yeah, asleep. but maybe
1: Glenn is just dr- dreaming that he's asleep because Glenn is
0: useless. <laughs> Even in Glenn's dreams, he's asleep <laughs> doing literally Even nothing. nothing. Glenn dreams, Glenn's dreams, sleep. I don't know. I think it's complicated because it is one of those things where it's like Rod was asleep when Freddie got him, but we saw it through Nancy's dream. We know Nancy was dreaming at that point. So whatever Rod was dreaming, we didn't see it. We don't know if that Rod was just dreaming that he was asleep or if that was just I disagree. Rod asleep. You know what I mean?
2: I disagree because okay. in that part, um, there's a part we didn't mention. She sees like Freddie trying to start killing rod and then she gets distracted right after because she hears someone whispering her name and it's dead tina and then a big lizard not a lizard a big centipede comes out of her mouth and then she dissolves into a bunch of muddy snakes which is a part that is very exciting um and then i think she like goes back to like wake herself up so she can go in person to go like in the real world where she's Mm -hmm. conscious to go get him. And so then, she's already awake at that point, And then we see Freddy killing Rod. So that has to be Rod's dream. Jaffiel. Because she's awake at that point. Because she's literally at the police station. I saying, like let me saying, in, let me
0: in. I don't remember the exact sequence of the movie well enough. But if I pull up my notes, I'm sure I will find that you're right.
2: Because he dies literally like... Seconds before they get through the door, like they he gets, uh like they pull him up as Does he cheeks. though?
0: Because I think that's that's one of those like movie timeline things. It seems like he's like good and dead when we finally get to him, even though they've been cutting in between.
2: Yeah, but either way, she's already awake and already over yeah. there. I don't know. I think it's his dream, but either way, the geyser of blood. That's the, in the reality. That's the thing that's so horrifying too about this that kill because Glenn gets pulled into the bed, right? And then an explosion of blood goes everywhere. And then the police come once everyone's like awake again, and there's just blood everywhere, but there's no fucking body. Like what do they think happened? Right? Like and that's something that I want to know. Um
1: because there's no body and we see him get sucked into the bed. So like is his the body, body embedded, embedded in the mattress? Is the body embedded in his mattress? Like, where is it? We do see, remember when Nancy goes back and she's looking for Freddie in the dream world, we see Glenn's headphones mm-hmm. in the dream world. That's true. And so I'm like, is he, that's another reason where I was like, did Freddie come out in like real life and like grab this person and like drag him in? I don't see how that would be possible. But here's
2: the thing. How is it possible that uh, Nancy stole his fedora right off his head and pulled it into the real world? Maybe it can go both ways.
1: (gasps) Too complicated. But also, we would probably have
0: to watch also, every other movie in this universe to really get into the lore of how did the, the yeah. dreams work exactly. I don't think I we're meant to be having
2: that.
0: Yeah, I think if there if there was like a really clear explanation for who is dreaming and when and you had a really strong sense of it in this movie, it would be less scary than it is. I think it's intentionally ambiguous. Yeah, um I like that about
2: it. Yeah, that brings
0: it to the end, you know what I mean? Um, And there's a much larger discussion in general to be had about the end because the very end of this movie wasn't what the original end was supposed to be. And they did a couple different rewrites, and they shot a couple different versions before they, like, picked the final version.
1: Mm -hmm. But I think we should talk about a scene that Chelsea loves very much. And that is... Nancy not going home alone because home alone is a clear reference to this movie.
0: Oh yes. Home alone (laughs) clearly wanted what Nancy had because Nancy studied (laughs) the art of warfare. Nancy did her research, you know, Kevin, I mean, he's, it's great. Kevin has some kind of um, innate skill, but Nancy, Nancy did the work. You know what I mean? She did her homework because we saw her earlier in the movie in the Venice canals, reading this book um, and that was one of my favorite quotes actually in this movie because Glenn says booby traps and improvised anti-personal devices well what are you reading that for and she says I'm into survival and I was like (laughs) yes Nancy I girl Nancy Um, I just loved that for her and then she she really gets into it because she comes up with this plan and she wanted to put it in action earlier i think um when she asked glenn to meet up with her at midnight and then glenn stupid bitch fell asleep love him cute in a crop top useless um but so she she's like okay i'm still gonna try and she's especially committed now that her boyfriend and her best friend and rod are all gone um but she comes up with a plan um and she tries to get her dad on board basically and he also useless um by the way real
2: quick real quick uh-huh. the dad is useless also weirdest hair in the game <laughs> absolutely the most strange hairstyle i've ever seen it's like mm-hmm. all the way around comb over it comes c- completely from the back of his head and it seamlessly swoops around the entire head and then <laughs> unnatural formation and it's something that should be studied but continue with what you were saying <laughs> yes but so she
0: outlines her plan to glenn and her plan essentially is that she's gonna go into her dream she's gonna grab freddie um, she's going to have Glenn wake her up when it seems like she's having a bad dream, i.e. when she starts struggling with Freddie in her dream. And then because she'll be holding on to him, she'll bring him into the real world like she brought his hat into the real world. And then Glenn would smash him with the baseball bat. Like that was her idea. Genius. Um Genius. And and she's like, I'll just improvise a little bit. Um, I will buy myself some time by setting up all of these booby traps so that if things don't go precisely as planned, she's not going to have her dad watching over her because he's across the street at Glenn's house investigating Glenn's mysterious death and putting drippy blood buckets on the first floor for all the blood leaching through from the second floor. Yep. Um, But so instead she tells him... Um, I'm going to go and get the guy who did it and I want you to be there to arrest him when I bring him out, okay? Fred Krueger did it, Dad, and only I can get him. It's not, it's, oh, ooh, interesting. She says, it's my nightmare he comes to. So that is worth, worth theorizing on further, but I also feel like, we're not going to have a clear consensus. So I don't want to go back to that discussion, but interesting point. Um, she says it's my nightmare. He comes to just come here and break the door down in exactly 20 minutes. Can you do that? That'll be exactly half past midnight time, time enough for me to fall asleep and find him, which is interesting. Cause what she really does is she uses 10 minutes to set up booby traps. Um, and she accomplishes you a lot. See. She's like fully prepared for those 10 minutes. She gets so much done. She got the sledgehammer. The
2: yes. that was very impressive. And then I
0: was also like, "Babe, don't you think you are maybe cutting it a little close, only giving yourself ten minutes to fall asleep and find Freddie? But I was also like, "She has been awake for seven days, so presumably the second that she lies down, she will be unconscious." Um, and fair enough. But like,
1: she literally, she literally was drinking coffee and took a sl- like a, a a caffeine pill. Like, she took a, just a little hour bit of ago. Speed. Yeah, yeah,
0: seriously. <laughs>
1: I was like, there's no way you're falling asleep right now, Nancy. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: But she um, has been awake for seven days, I guess. So, you know, I guess on some level, the power of sleep is going to win out eventually. Or you will simply die. I mean, one or the other. Um, But she she has this plan and she's like, she tells her dad, um, break the door down in exactly 20 minutes. Can you do that? It's time enough for me to fall asleep and find him. Um, you'll be here to catch him, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He agrees. Um, but so so she sets up this plan, and it would would potentially go very wrong, because what if he found her, like, one minute in? You know what I mean? And even if her dad was following her plan to the letter, and he doesn't come for another nine minutes after that, it's like, you're really relying on the strength of your booby traps here, um, and you're also really relying on the fact that you'll be able to wake up, but. She sets alarms for herself. You know what I mean. She's thought this through, um, and it works. And she brings Freddie into the real world, um, and she chases him down to the basement and lights him on fire um, Love that. after smashing him with a sledgehammer. And I was like. Again, I know you only had 10 minutes to set up these plans, but also what if he had been smashed in the face with a sledgehammer instead of the stomach? You know what I mean? I kind of feel like maybe that would have been more effective, but also maybe she would have had to cut the handle so that it would not be so tall.
2: There was just no time in the... There was no budgeted time for sawing off a handle, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. She got... She started some internal bleeding instead.
1: What... One thing that I do love about mm-hmm. when Freddie comes into the real world is all of Nancy's booby traps are kicking his ass. Yes, like he always had like the advantage in the dream world, but he gets pulled in, and everything that she's set has like set him
2: back. Like, yeah, suddenly he has so to put on a just- level
0: playing field.
2: Yes, and she's and prepared it's and he's amazing not. To watch. He's like, bitch, you're in my world now. And she's winning. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome
0: to reality, Freddie. It's truly iconic, though, because he has been pulling dirty tricks this whole time in the dream world where he's like, uh oh, I can cut off my fingers. And it means nothing. Uh oh, I can speak to you over the phone suddenly I am part of the phone I lick you on the mouth and I'm gonna come kill you in one second first of all I hated that absolutely no oh um, yeah the tongue phone is not right right now, phone. Nancy. yes ew stop yeah. it um but so you know he he's not playing fair suddenly Nancy has the ability to not play fair either and it is iconic and it is amazing um but also then she has lit somebody in fire in her house where there are bars on all of the windows and the doors is locked and she doesn't have a way to get out and she's trapped herself with a monster in and in a house that is going to burn down if they're not careful you know what i mean um and she she just starts like smashing all of the windows and stuff eventually they get to her but also freddie's no longer downstairs freddie has escaped into the rest of the house And as it turns out, maybe Nancy wasn't his only target Um, Mm -hmm. because he goes upstairs and he goes to Marge's room and Nancy's dad gets there almost in time, not quite in time, but Nancy's dad, again, useless, dumb, stupid, hate him, not very good at his job. Um, And all he thinks to do is put out the fire and all that does is Freddie disappears back to the dreamland presumably and then marge's body is just like this weird mummified burnt out desiccated corpse that disappears into a clean sheet underneath um oh but so good
2: she he slowly so lowers good. with a gorgeous blue aura around her into a smoky like hole in the bed yeah and, and then she's a like a skeleton appears. yes
1: She's a skeleton
2: and And
1: her hand is like pointed out.
0: Now, do you believe me? And in my notes, I was just like, babe, I'm just not sure he does. Like, I still think the answer is no, even with what he just saw with his own eyes. But then Nancy has a backup plan based on her earlier booby traps and dreams conversation with Glenn, where, where he had told her that in some other culture, um, a Balinese culture, maybe? Is that right? That's Is that what my brain... I don't know. I think that's what he says, but don't, don't quote me on it. Um, did I write it down? I've got no idea. I
2: have no idea. Bali
0: does not exist in my notes. Um, power. Did I take the word power? No, I didn't write the quote down. Anyway, um, Glenn has told her about this other culture where they believe that if you turn your back on a monster in a dream, it drains the monster of its power. That's fancy. Yeah, so he he's has told her this and she's like, "Well, you know what? I've tried just about everything else." Um, and she comes up with this idea that if she is able to take freddie's power away she can fix everything because you know now she's her best friend her mom her boyfriend her her best friend's boyfriend it's like everything and also she has this green this gray streak in her hair now um and she looked in a mirror she she thought she looked ancient she was like i look 20 like you know 20. anything <laughs> there apparently um <laughs> don't fuck Nancy <laughs> truly truly try. rude shut <laughs> um, <laughs> the fuck up Nancy <laughs> um but she comes up with this idea and and she's like if I just take his power back from him everything will go back to normal I'll defeat him and then I'll somehow have been able to undo this like larger nightmare if you will And she, she, she does it. You know what I mean? She does it. She wakes up. She realizes she's just going about her day. Her mom's there. She goes outside. She meets Tina and Glenn and Rod because Tina and Rod also their romantic issues have been solved. Um, Mm -hmm. and they just all hop in the car together and you're like, wow, they did it. And then maybe not so much. Um, because, an arm, like, breaks out of the front door window, pulls Marge back through the window of the door. Wait. No. No? No, before that.
2: Before that, they're in a, that beautiful red convertible, and the pop-top pops up of its own accord, and you realize the and- color of the pop-top is the same color <gasps> the same as red oh,
0: yeah. yeah. She says, I believe anything is possible. And I was like, yay. And also, Marge was also like, I don't think I'm going to drink anymore. And I was like, wow, she even fixed her mom's alcohol. Alcohol is alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're right. The cover pops up. And I wrote in my notes, no, it's red and green. It's locking them in. And then they're like, Rob, let us out. And he can't open the doors. And you're right. That's when the arm comes through. But what's really interesting about this scene is Wes Craven didn't want to include it. He wanted it to just end with Nancy having defeated Freddie and having a happy, hopeful ending. And it was only one of the other producers was like, no, let's leave it ambiguous so that we can do sequels. Um,
2: and they also filmed some that other hopeless. Yes, they they I filmed this. some like, other. Let's make it a feel good film at the end. Very <laughs> unexpected from Wes Craven, but like you know, good. I watched.
0: He was the other uh, endings because on my really? had like. <gasps> oh my yeah. gosh! Yes. Okay, tell me more because IMDb trivia said that they filmed two like compromise in between scenes, and one of them they drive off and nothing happens with the convertible, but Marge does get like yoinked through the drawer. Do you know what the other one is? Yes.
1: I don't remember. I think like but, like yeah. the other one, one of them one of them was the scene that they used. Mm-hmm. The other one was they drove off but Marge got yoinked in. And I, I can double check, but I like don't remember what the other one, but they were all like the ending doesn't really do anything for me. Really? Like, I thought the ending was I thought the ending was kind of disappointing. Uh It was a little silly, but I do love the pop-top. Here's the thing. The only thing that did it for me was when Marge gets yanked, you can clearly see that it is a mannequin.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, I actually, I said I'd never seen this movie, and that was true. But when I saw that scene, I remembered that I had seen a GIF set on Tumblr just, like, looking at horror GIF sets, and it was, like, so clearly a mannequin in the GIF set because it's just that one moment played over and over again, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I remember that when I saw this scene, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Um but I actually really like the ending because I think it, it goes to so much of what's scary about this movie, which is like you, it's hard to distinguish dream from reality. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think is scary, not just within the context of this movie, but plays into that larger fear of when you're having a dream, it's hard to distinguish dream from reality. It's hard mm-hmm. to, um to, to break it down sometimes. And and it it leads to your own dreams being scarier after having seen this movie you know what i mean um totally and i think i also
2: sorry go ahead you know. I also think that it also touches on, like, sometimes you have a dream that's so good and it feels so real and you're like, oh, God, everything is great and everything's wonderful and then you wake up from that dream and you're in reality. And so this is, like, kind of a a twist on that. It still turns into a nightmare at the end, but, like, she dreamed that everything was perfect and then the reality sets in. oh.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things. um, If they had never made sequels, you could have interpreted it either way. You know what I mean? It could have been that Nancy won, but she's haunted by this experience. It could have been that Nancy thought she won, but things are trickier than they seem. It could have been that Nancy was fully deluding herself to think that she could ever stand a chance against Freddie. Um, I totally see the value in in defeating the evil you know what I mean and having a hopeful ending where you you want to see the final girl or whoever win and it is so rare that they don't you know what I mean so I think in some ways it's a really fun surprising twist to be like Mm -hmm. she did win but did she um but I also think it's interesting because they're like well we need to leave it open for a sequel. But Wes Craven, in all of the Scream movies, you know what I mean? Every single time they figure out who Ghostface is, they stop Ghostface. It's just someone new is Ghostface every single time. Yeah. Um, There's always a way to
2: make more money. Don't worry, Wes. Yeah,
0: you could do that with this. You could have Freddy get defeated, but then be like, but now you've unlocked the dream world or whatever. But then you wouldn't get to have Freddy anymore. And he is... He makes
2: it. Insane.
0: You know what I mean? He sees why. I want to see
2: what those long arms can do in the sequel. (laughs) Here's
1: the thing for somebody that is only on film in this movie for seven whole minutes, (laughs) which is crazy. That's insane. Freddie is the star.
2: He's the star of the show. He's the one character who I like enough that I want to see him again. So there you go. (laughs) He's
1: "He's the only one that I care about in all of the sequels.
2: Yep. That's it. But yeah, uh, I guess it's time to get into our segments. So what what one do we usually start with? Oh, of course, the classic. Could this have been gayer?
0: Yes. it could have been and I'll tell you uh-huh. one note that I made which is when Tina during her jet scene when she was like writhing around the bed and she was getting attacked by Freddie she called out first for Nancy before anybody else but for her boyfriend Rod who was in the room with her before Glenn who was downstairs before any adult in her life who obviously were not present but she called out for Nancy first and I was like that is so gay.
2: Very gay. I would have loved that because I didn't need Glenn to be in it at all. But maybe Glenn, you know, I also get a little bit of bi vibes, gay vibes from him too. Um, But they don't give us enough personality for, for me to really feel it all the way through. But I feel like there could be something there.
0: There's a moment before Rod shows up at Tina's house in the beginning when they hear a noise and Glenn goes to investigate and Tina and Nancy are like right beside him holding on to each other and also holding on to him. To me, that's thruple vibes. And polyamory <laughs> is not inherently queer, but also I think maybe it is.
1: I could see Glenn. He would have been Mr. I'm super straight in high school, but then he would have joined a frat in college (laughs) and and then would have definitely done a bunch of homoerotic stuff in college with his frat (laughs) You cannot change my mind on that one. I feel that deeply. (laughs) Like, I feel that deep in my soul for Glenn. And honestly, that makes
2: him a little bit more interesting to me. Thank you for giving him some depth at all besides just the vulture stuffed animal. We needed a little bit more. <laughs> I tried, you know, I'm here for this. Um,
1: Matthew Lillard. I think he would have been a great Rod.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that's the
1: natural fit for the same character.
2: Him. <laughs> I mean, not exactly the same character. Rod is a little bit more... Uh, Naturally sexy than my sexy king Matthew Lillard is, but if he just got nearing, that all would be changed, and maybe a I lash would like lift. Matthew Lillard, because Rod's <laughs> got those lashes that won't quit, and I love that about him.
1: <laughs> I love men with beautiful eyelashes. Oh, it is man. unfair, but God, I love looking at him.
2: Oh yeah, one of my best friends, Julian. He has gorgeous full lashes and I'm just like give them to me you are not using them but it honestly he looks beautiful so he is using them and I can't take those away <laughs> <laughs> um okay I feel like that's the place for Matthew so we gotta yeah. move on to our next segment it's just this goes without saying but who is the the dumb bitch of this this film um many people are dumb I will say that but it's fucking Glenn for me, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, like, the dad
0: um, is a dumb bitch, but he is so yeah. uninvolved in the real plot of this movie for so long that it's hard to give it to him. Like, Marge is kind of being a dumb bitch by refusing to listen to her daughter or consider what could be real, even though she's got the the hat in front of her eyes and in, in her hands. Um, but also she, she had to murder somebody after potentially her child was... Was killed you know so i'm gonna give her a pass um glenn is really the only one who has no excuse and who is at every time being like you guys are being so dramatic when i have a dream ugh. that's bad i just tell myself hey this is a dream and then i wake up why can't you guys do that like he <sighs> just
2: ugh. he's not Before having I anything helpful here other than his And he's given so many chances to redeem himself. Okay, two. But there are two times where he could do uh, anything helpful, and he fucks up the same way twice. Bye. Bye, Glenn. I'm glad you turned into a geyser of flesh and blood. You're useful then.
1: (laughs) I was going to say Marge, but before I knew the not canon, canon backstory (laughs) of it, And then I was like, okay, Marge makes more sense as a character to me. But without knowing that, I was
0: like, Marge, baby, like, what's going on? Marge, what's going on? My girl, you know who Fred Krueger is. You've known, you know that Nancy did not find this name out some other way. Um, cause this is like, apparently this town's dirty little secret that they murdered a man. uh, (laughs) Um, which is insane. (laughs) Um but you like everything is happening before your eyes you're just not ready to confront it and and that's unfortunately dumb bitch behavior but also honestly for me the fact that she um murdered somebody and and has turned to alcoholism to deal with that is a little bit like I understand why you don't trust what you're seeing. And I understand why you are not trusting your view of reality because you are purposely distorting your view of
2: reality so that you can make it through each day. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, since she literally pulled the trigger, you know, in this non-canon backstory, um, she (laughs) can't believe like, she's like, I killed him. And every day I live with his ghost. He can't be back. You know what he I mean. Can't be back. He refuses to believe it. Very dark. Very dark. There's a lot of right? dark like, shit in this movie. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: They oh, should have yeah. kept that scene in. It would have made. It, I think it would have given the movie more. Yeah. Umph. Totally. It made it maybe less, they a little did little it less in the silly. reboot.
0: I don't know. Well, they did keep him a child molester in the reboot, so it's definitely Blech. possible that some of the things Blech. that got cut, Wes Craven was able to be like, consider. <laughs> Consider that it was a good, good idea the first
2: time around. Um
0: <laughs> one of our
2: very trusty new followers who I trust with my life told me that new nightmare is trash, so I uh-huh. trust them. Bummer.
0: <laughs> um, I, trust I do them. think though, in terms of Glenn being the dumb bitch, there is one line one quote that puts it all together and this is after Glenn falls asleep the first time and Nancy says Glenn you bastard and he says what did I do and she says I asked you to do one thing just stay awake and watch me just wake me up if it looked like I was having a bad dream and what did you do you shit you fell asleep and I was just like for me that was it that moment that was and on the dumb bitch award it was awarded it's good get him nancy Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) so finally we have to do our knives out of fives here and so who wants to go first who's feeling strong who's decided i'll go i fucking love this movie it is
1: so good. I watched it three times this past week because I like it. I, I hadn't watched it in a while. Um, I So I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of 5. Ooh, that's pretty high for you. I love this movie. Strong, strong. It, like, it's... You know me. I love the old movies. This is a genre king classic. And... It's so good, even though some of the acting is not great, especially with Nancy and her mom. Um, all of those scenes are kind of cringe, but I have such a good time, even if you're just like making fun of it. It's so good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. Like, I... I watched this movie the second time around. The first time around, I remember being, like, blown away, because not by, like, how absolutely incredible it is, but how, like, preposterous and crazy and insane it is. Um, and it was, wasn't was what I really expected it was going to be. Like I said earlier, I'm used to those stoic kings who stab you with a knife, but Freddy's got <laughs> pizzazz. And I love a man with pizzazz. Um... But that said, like, watching it again, I was like, God, everybody sucks at acting in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it didn't, like, the the parts, the parts that weren't the seven minutes with Freddie didn't (laughs) grab my interest or my attention as much as they they did the first time around. But that said, there are so many little details, and having this conversation with you guys reminded me of so many of them that made me like it a lot more than I did on Monday. Um, I think I was thrown by seeing my house on the screen that <laughs> I live in, in my house, and I live in my house. My house was in the movie, but my the movie was on my screen that was in my house, if you house catch what I'm saying. House in I the say. TV in the house am i in the tv i thought is the tv me where's freddie it was very confusing mm-hmm. i'm still not sure what happened <laughs> that said um i think this is a really fucking awesome movie and i can't wait to watch like this movie just made me want to watch the rest of them maybe not all of them because there's 27 of them as i said earlier um or at least eight there are eight of them no nine i think because you said there's six sequels and two remakes and then there's, there's the original. Roles.
0: And then the Jason versus there's
2: Freddy. Three. And it's, oh, it's Jason vs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. One day I'll get to Jason versus Freddy. I don't know how Jason that's Jason versus Freddy
1: down. is the first Freddy and Jason movie that I ever watched when it came out. I was like 12. I hadn't seen the originals yet, and I watched that one. Oh, that's
2: a remake I, one?
1: It's, yeah, like- it's, Oh, God, It came I'm out lost. in 2003. I'm lost in the and, lore. <laughs> It like I had no idea what was going on, but I couldn't sleep for a really long time. Like that fucked wow.
0: really me
1: I'll let you know that I. But watch- I haven't watched. I, I haven't watched it since. I only watched it that <laughs> one
2: time, and so now I'm like, okay. I had a very similar experience now. <laughs> with Alien versus Predator Seven. I like snuck into. <laughs> I got to a movie early with my dad, so we just walked in the (laughs) Alien vs. Predator 7 to just watch part of it, and they happened to be playing out a scene that was very similar to a traumatizing uh, Don't Look Under the Bed episode that I saw as a kid. Or, yeah. Don't Look Under the Bed was a decom. No, not that. What's it called? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah! What, What is it? Say it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, it rem- I walked in and watched the scene that was exactly like this traumatizing scene I had seen from Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was literally the exact same thing except with fucking Predator in it. And I had an existential crisis and I had to leave. So I feel you, I feel you. But that's my rating. <laughs> um... I I can't wait to see what happens next with the rest of this. I love the world building that they set up in this movie. And I love all the stupid, crazy bullshit. Wes Craven, you maniac. I adore you. Um, So I will give this one, a 4.3 because the acting was not there and Johnny Depp let me down, except his body's beautiful. And you know, he continues to let me down, but he started it out real early in his career, I guess. Um, But yeah, I still think it's a really, really, really good movie. And I changed my score. It's 4.33333 repeating because I realized (laughs) I gave it a normal score rating and that's not what I do. Chelsea, what do you think? (laughs) That's not what I'm about.
0: (laughs) Okay. I should have interrupted, sooner to give the the rating backstory if you will the the rating context that i like to do um but i'll do it now this movie got a 7.5 out of 10 on imdb and on rotten tomatoes this movie got 94 percent fresh from critics which is so high and That's it got so high 84 percent fresh from audiences i also said sydney's 4.5 is very high but then i went back and looked at sydney's scores in my log and and sydney can be harsh uh,
2: sometimes with movies, movies that, that I, I like,
0: love, but with movies that Sydney loves, she is um, she'll give fives and she'll give four and a half. Um, yeah. So, so this is just one of her, her one of her movies. Um, but I really, really liked it, and I, I like I said, I'd never seen it before. Um, but I was really engaged with it. I thought it was really fun. I thought it raised a lot of like questions about the world but not in a way where sometimes I get mad that things don't make sense um I think it was in a way that like prompted discussion for me um and wanting to like go back and watch it again and like see what was going on um and I haven't taken the chance to do that yet so who knows if it will potentially not quite stand up to that muster on a second watch um but on a first watch alone to me it was so strong i would i would probably give it like a 4.7 damn hell yeah I really, really it's stronger it. than sydney's like,
2: storm this is yeah. sydney's movie
0: wow i felt like stupid that i had never taken the time to watch this before i thought it was great that I so love week. this dumb movie. Yeah. That said next week we are moving on to a potentially very terrible movie. Um I have not watched it since I saw it in theaters in what probably was See. like the 10th grade. Um yep, that was the year. Yeah. Um but But we are watching Prom Night with Brittany Snow. Um, We're throwing it back. Um, I think it is a reboot. So, again, it has a lot of potential to be terrible. But it is Mm -hmm. prom season, baby. Um, So we're
2: going to get in the spirit of things with Prom Night. I'm excited to see just how bad it is. (laughs) But I'm pretty bad. But I was scared. I remember being scared. I remember being scared, too, but that doesn't say jack shit because, like, 10th grade Monica could not handle a damn thing. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sydney, have you the- seen it?
1: I don't know if I've seen it or not. Ooh.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, essentially, I'll be seeing it for the first time because I can't remember movies that I saw like two months ago, let alone Mm -hmm. something I saw freaking 15 years ago. It has to be really good to stick in my mind. 15. I aged myself so greatly 12. 12 years ago. (laughs) Let's take it back a second. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Why not compliment the sweet, sultry sound of my voice? The fun facts that Chelsea throws out. Just (laughs) anything, everything about Sydney. There's so much to compliment and we would love to hear it. Um, Also want to say that we're, we want to welcome all of our new followers. We just hit 550 followers. So thank y'all so much for joining the crew. If you haven't joined yet, follow us at Spooky underscore Tuesday. That's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok soon to be pinterest and if you're still on facebook (laughs) Facebook follow us at tumblr (laughs) and tumblr and tumblr what's is the tumblr one spooky tuesday pod too yes it is all right facebook and tumblr spooky tuesday pod thanks for listening
0: bye Spookies. spooky tuesday was created by monica height sydney thompson and chelsea duff and edited by sydney thompson our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamra, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. One, two friends
1: come for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, red crucifix. Seven. Eight. Gonna stay up late. Nine.